My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. Don't you mean whiskey? What? You're saying it weird. Saying what weird? All of it. Where do you get off? I just don't get why you're saying it that way. Why I'm saying what what way? Forget it. I will. I will forget it. to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I feel like my chair has risen or something. Yeah, I raised it. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like I'm... By the end of the show, like, you'll be... I feel like Jake is sitting a little higher than normal. Mmm, Jake, are you high right now? <laughs> <laughs> In this chair. Happy anniversary! Wow, bro. Wow. <laughs> You're playing too much, bro. Party foul. I don't have anything to clean it, so you gotta suck suck it up with your mouth or snort it. You can't leave that caffeine just to waste. Also, take those keychains with you. Oh yeah, I keep forgetting those. Yeah. <sighs> How you doing, Dad? Dude, this uh, just uh, I'm just a just annoyed, I'm just annoyed. Sports has got me down, bro. I could tell, but I think. Do you mean it? Do I mean that I would never watch the Blazers again? Until the team sold, or do you mean ever again? Until the team sells. Okay. I can't. Do hold, you mean I it? I can't hold future ownership. Like I can't hold them accountable for what the tra- the current trash ownership uh-huh. does. Okay, so what we're talking about here is uh, the potential of the team possibly trading away Damian Lillard, who has been voted as a top 75 NBA player of all time. Of all time. For a, a rookie who we know nothing about or other pieces that won't that aren't a top 75 player of all time. And Jake has made the proclamation, as well as I have, that if that happens, we're done. We're mm-hmm. done. I give. I will give up on that team. Yeah, I was thinking about like the trailblazer behind you, all the the hands and the posters. I'll take it down. Oh, absolutely. Zero promotion for this ownership if they do that. I won't spend a dime. I won't give a. T- I won't give an ounce of my time. Yeah. I won't give a dime of my. I won't give a dime of my mo- of money. Yeah. To that to that team, if they. If they if they do this, yeah. If if they choose to, but do you mean it? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, absolutely. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way. There's there there's. I cannot. What if Dame is comes back? I to cannot town? fathom. Dame comes back to. When would he ever come back to town? No, for what team he's on? Like they're visiting and playing. No, I would still because I would still be giving the franchise money. Yeah, but I'd want to see that. That building would be going mm. off i i'm sure somebody would tell me what the uh what it was like what it was like <laughs> danny i won't i went i went back for cj oh yeah yeah but i uh no 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 i no i i will i will never give that that franchise a penny of my of my money i have like i have seen ineptitude at the organizational level yeah. of all three major sports franchises that i follow like I happened to just pick apparently the. <laughs> now it didn't start this way. Paul Allen was never a completely bad owner. I don't think he was a great owner. Okay, but I don't think he was a. 
I do think he care. I think he at the at the base level he cared about the team. Yeah, and he wanted to keep the team in Portland. Mm-hmm. You can't say that about his sister, who's yeah. the head of the trust. It none of the stuff that they're doing makes any sense. Right. And now this all might be a smoke screen. Yeah. And they really are just trying to drive up value for that pick that right. they ultimately will end up trading and build mm-hmm. and doing what they said they were going to do publicly, but. With the NBA, there seems to be never be a, a, a kept secret yeah. at all in the NBA. Okay. And when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And it just seems like Portland, for whatever reason, has decided that it is going to take the path of build, go, of tearing it down and going young, regardless of what the promises they have made to to the franchise's number one player of all time the guy who has been yeah. insanely loyal to them has gone through so much with this franchise never getting any help always being told we're we have this plan in place to yeah. build around you just give us to the next deadline give us to the next offseason yeah. and never ever ends up happening he's not played with an all-star since LaMarcus Aldridge left in 2015 mm. And then they say they're going to do that again this year. He shuts it down so they can tank. Yeah. In a year where he was going for a scoring title. Yeah. He shuts it down. And then to pivot off of that last minute because you want to save money. Yeah. That has to be it. Is that the, it can't be a, that cannot be a basketball decision. Yeah. To tear it down. You're tearing it down. I, I don't see how it makes sense. Other than financials. Right. I mean, look at this Miami squad in the NBA Finals. I, I what do you, what kind they of? They have like five undrafted players mm-hmm. on that roster. Yeah. And they got to the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we're going to, we're just going to go for it regardless of who we have. And they've gone for it. Yeah. I mean, but they've also, like, I don't know, like they went and got Jimmy Butler. Right. Um, I mean, they have drafted decently well. Yeah. I mean, Bam Manabayo. Sure. We could have drafted him, but we drafted Zach Collins instead of him. <sighs> but, uh. So Dame wants to go to Miami or Brooklyn. That's what, that's where he said he would like to play if yeah. he were traded. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Miami could even potentially give back for Damian Lillard. At this yeah. point, if he demands it, it doesn't matter. If he demands to be traded. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We had to kind of accept what's the best offer out there. Ooh. And could you imagine, like, could you imagine sending him off to some, like, could you imagine not only that, but they ship him off to some Siberia, like Minnesota or something yeah. like that. Oh God. Could you imagine, like, I will, sh- I, I swear, dude, I, okay. I will spend, uh-huh. I will spend. Oh, you did one say this. last bill. Okay. Towards the Blazers. Okay. I will have a shirt made that says "Sell the team," mm-hmm. and I will go to the to opening night. Yeah, I will do everything I can to start a chant. Yeah, of sell the team. I and, think you could get that started, and I would make sure. Yeah, to get myself on TV with talking <laughs> ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have to, or by the camera, or stand behind like Brooke Olsendam. I'm already writing my letter of disgust. Yeah. To, uh, to to the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. I I just cannot fathom them making this. You, they can't make this decision, dude. They can't make this decision. That's why I'm done. If they do, 
it's the dumbest thing. Like, is it is the biggest transgression the the disrespect to Dame? Yes. For you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. You can't treat you can't <laughs> treat a player who's been that loyal to you like that. Well, I mean, when all you have told him is that you're going to build around him. There's been a lot of us who have said that we don't deserve him and they're just going to prove us right. Like Well, it's like the PGA Tours going like telling all of their players, yeah. "Hey, don't go sign all those big con don't go sign those big big contracts with the live tour mm-hmm. and uh because we're, we're we're doing this for uh because of where the money comes from we're doing we're taking the higher road mm-hmm. by not taking the money telling their telling the players that stayed you're you're doing you're staying with us because it's the right thing you're to taking do taking the moral high ground two years later the people who told them not to take the extra money and to stay with them because it's the moral high ground go and sign a merger with the exact with the with the league, with the Saudi league, yeah, I, it's no, just, just fuck everything, fuck them all, dude, <laughs> fuck them all. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Yeah. Hey, are there any jokes that are off limits? Off limits for me? I mean, yeah. Like, what is your opinion? Like, like a joke directed at me? No, oh, of course okay. the yeah, of okay. course you're gonna have things like right. that. But like, say you're watching comedy and you're like. There's a joke made, and you said that is unacceptable. Like, would you ever have that? I, I'm, sh- yeah, I can think okay. of things in the past. Now, I, I like what? Well, uh, any time a comedian made a joke about gun control, I would get super pissed and be oh, like, okay. oh, "I'm turning that off." Oh, okay, okay. But like, no, I don't think there's anything. What about now. 9/11? I think there's things that would cause me to be like, "Oh, that's." I feel like that's in bad taste. Okay. Um, I I don't find that funny. Okay. But off limits? No, there shouldn't okay. be any limits. I, thought, uh, I, mean, I think we've had this discussion kind of before, but yeah. Well, I went to a comedy show this weekend. Oh, that's right, you went to Polly Shore. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that guy was a comedian, to be honest. Um, his mom started the comedy store, dude. The comedy store in L.A., like Mitzi Shore. That's like her store. Oh, her dad. His dad opened for Elvis. Was a musician. Okay. And then he was in all those movies in the 90s. And, and Well, I mean, TV. I knew he was in a movie in the 90s. Everybody's doing stand-up now. Okay. Is the, he any it's, good at it? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Except he tried out new material. Oh. That's always, always potentially sketchy. It, it is always potentially sketchy. But I love, you know me, I love the craft and the, and the adventure of trying something new, trying a joke, n- trying a joke. That's what that's what always scared me about like ever trying like open mic nights or anything like that, because every joke that I would be trying would be brand new and it'd be like oh that'd be terrifying right if I knew that I had some like home runs and then was trying other shit I'd feel a little bit safer and better about it but I don't want to I don't have mm-hmm. the balls to go and just do it. But it was the ten o'clock show. It's the late show. It's a usually a little rowdier of a crowd, and he tries. In Portland, a trans joke. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you got to know your crowd. That's probably not the time to do it. <laughs> so, all I will say is the joke was not great. Hmm. But how do you know what's great or not if you don't try it? Or you don't know where society or the audience stands without trying it. I feel like a little bit of, uh, like... 
research into Portland would have given him his answer that that might have not been the 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 <laughs> crowd to test a trans joke out on. Well, I will say that you know, in the marketplace of ideas that we've talked about so many times, that's how I view this room of trying out these jokes. If I don't like a joke, guess how I show that? Uh, you leave? Or I, Well, I wouldn't leave. I'm not a puss, dude. One <laughs> joke is going to make me leave. No, but I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to laugh. Everybody has every right to be as offended as they want to be, though, sure. too. Sure, absolutely. So, so this woman, like, he was making a joke about the transition process. And this lady shouts out, are you a surgeon? And he just goes, yes, I'm a surgeon. Like, well, why are you asking that? Like, of course mm-hmm. not, right? And then, so she Rhetorical starts... Rhetorical questions are stupid. <laughs> so, especially in this format or mm-hmm. this setting, right? You're talking to Pauly Shore. Yeah. Say you're not a surgeon. Not are you mm-hmm. a surgeon. So he's like, look, I'm just trying this out. I don't know if this is going to work. Just let me just let me think this out. And so he, he's like, okay, wait. No, let me hear what you have to say. And so she just starts going off on this, like, diatribe, just vomiting these words and he just goes what's the punchline like what are you trying to say he's like this isn't a podcast (laughs) and so then he was like i'm all right i'm gonna try to just finish my joke just hear me out just let me see if i can get to that punchline so he starts telling the joke and i'm watching her and security comes over and is like hey like no more like shouting out loud right so then he like kind of like gets towards the end of the joke he still hasn't made the punchline and he comes back to her and he's like let me ask you something and she's like i was told not to talk and he was like, no, let me ask you something. Leave her alone. Let me ask her something. I can't remember what he asked her, right? So then he, like, makes the punchline. And the joke, now it's awkward. The whole room is awkward because of just, like, this interaction. Not because of the topic. I don't think it's because of the subject material. I think it's because of the interaction with the other person. Hmm. So I'm, I'm watching her, and he's moved on from the joke, and he's trying to recover, right? And the whole room is just... It's awkward, dude. Not because of the material, I don't think, but because of, like, this interaction. Now she's crying. She's sitting there, and she's crying. And it's just like, oh, God. And Was, then if, was she trans? No, no. Okay. But I, I imagine she knows somebody, right? Maybe. I mean, can... or just an advocate and an ally who really took offense to what he was saying. He's crying in public over it, though? I That's... I mean, I'm sure, like, that. I'm telling you, the awkwardness was palpable. Someone (laughs) boo that lady. Why? Dude, just leave. She did. She should have left well before that. If you're going to be a distraction, Mm -hmm. if you are so upset about what somebody is saying, leave. Don't be a distraction. Mm. But, but. Because, even though it's the marketplace of ideas. Yes. Don't ruin the don't ruin the atmosphere for everybody else. But what if, and this is me playing devil's advocate, she is viewing herself as the one champion uh, championing against the misinformation or offensive. It's comedy. It's you don't go there for facts. <laughs> this isn't a okay. politi- it's not a political yeah. stump speech. Sure, Pauly Shore's not running for office. He did say he should run for president. He should run for president. He did say that. Yeah, he's a he's making a joke. I'm assuming, <laughs> unless he's not in the it, comedy club. Unless he is that, uh, unless he is that narcissistic that he truly does believe he can. I mean, run don't for you president. have to be to run for president? 
Yeah, but you, narcissistic, but you also have to be self-aware. <laughs> Little Trump? Huh? What about Trump? <laughs> hey, Trump is good at, is elite at one particular thing, and that is branding. Yeah, touche. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I just like, you know, I, I didn't know... I don't know. You know, I value the exploration of jokes and the topics and the the kind of flipping things on its end and looking at things different angles and comedians forcing us to do so um, no matter what the topic is. And it was just like, yeah, it didn't that didn't go well. It, the joke just didn't land. The, the joke, I think, was it could have landed if he had not been interrupted. Not necessarily landed, but had it, you would have he would have seen a genuine reaction to the joke, right? The quality of the joke is determined by the laughter, right? So had he not been interrupted, tells his jokes, it wasn't a, it wasn't a great joke. I probably wouldn't have laughed, right? So if I don't laugh and fifty other people don't laugh, well then that's your feedback. Okay, that didn't work. So then now he's second guessing every joke. He didn't second guess every joke, but he didn't want to push the envelope on certain topics because he didn't want to fucking offend people. He literally was like, I have an Asian joke, but I'm not going to tell it. And he's like, do we have any Asian people in the crowd? And they were cheering and stuff. And he's like, should I make the joke? And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then they're like, do it, do it. He's making fun of like Asians for having small dicks, I guess. They were laughing their asses off. They were laughing their asses off. But. It's like That's low hanging fruit. It is very low hanging fruit. And some of the jokes were very low hanging fruit. But maybe that's why the trans joke didn't work is because it was like you're not you're not it's not in any type intellectually challenging. Which is a, a kind of comic comedy that makes you think. I like that, right? I want I want to be kind of like, oh shit, that was that was a good one. But yeah, but yes. there's a lot of people who loved Carlos Mencia too so he stole jokes though yeah but he's still went with a low-hanging like that dude was the did he well he was just, i mean he was the king of fart like I, it was just like fart jokes oh and stupid yeah yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. That. Like, i mean blink 182 is all dick and fart jokes and i'm gonna be laughing every second of the way <laughs> yeah but you don't <laughs> normally hear that in that medium true true like on the music stage mm-hmm. okay yeah, it, you know what? Now that you say it, like it is low hanging fruit, right? And that's why I don't like like fluffy, like uh, what's his name, I- Inglesias, the, oh, Gabriel, the Iglesias. Gabriel Iglesias, because yeah. it's like he's a big guy, right? And if he wants to make culturally relevant jokes, like on being Latino or Mexican, I can appreciate that. But when he's like, "I'm fat," I'm just like, "Dude, okay." Mm-hmm. Like self-deprecation is okay, but when it's like fifty percent of your set, it's just like stop. Mm-hmm. I loved Ralphie May for that. Yeah, I didn't really watch much of mm-hmm. him. I thought I thought he was really good. Self-deprecating? No, I, he never really self-deprecated. Okay. He just was really good at. Okay. Um, I, I just thought he was really yeah, good yeah, comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. know. I just I just being aware. He wasn't self-deprecating, but he was just aware of who we, you know, like. It's just kind of who he yeah, was. Yeah. You have to know. Yeah. You have to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then there was another, there was Heckler sitting right next to us, like kind of behind us. And it's just. Heckler? Dude. Who shows up to Pauly Shore and heckles? Like, it was the same sense. shit as Don my. It was just like uh, something about like, get that pussy. Like just yelling shit out like that. 
it was was it even relevant? No. Wow. And he he almost got kicked out. That guy almost got kicked out. I feel like you have to be really bad at heckling, like really really bad heckler to get kicked out. I mean, I don't know what the fucking bar is because these guys wouldn't shut the hell up. Maybe it was maybe Pauly Shore just doesn't want to kick people out. <laughs> I don't. It was sold out. Like, what is one two people? Who cares? Oh, it was, sol- it yeah. was sold out. Oh, okay, let him go. I didn't know how popular he was. Come so. on, dude. He's the Weasel. Yeah, but as a comedian, I don't know how popular he was. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm glad that you think that there's no jokes that are off limits. Maybe in poor taste, maybe low hanging fruit, but yeah, I, I'm not going to find everything funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I don't. I, no one expects anyone to. And I don't. I think, think there are people who think that if you find something not funny, then you're being a snowflake. It's like, well, no, I just don't find it funny. Yeah. But but I mean I want the comedian canceled. Wait, I just don't what think wouldn't he's you funny. find funny? Is there something that you wouldn't find funny? Topic? No, I have okay. no idea. I have no because idea. that's what I would say. It's like saying I don't, I don't think there's a whole topic that I wouldn't find. Okay, funny. good. Because now I'm, I'm I'm just saying this hypothetically. Obviously, you're not going to get um, upset about gun jokes, but at a time you would have. But let's use that as a topic where say you are sensitive to gun jokes. <laughs> I love just imagining that right now, but. I would say that, you know, you hear a gun joke and you're like, okay, that's not funny. But then in the same sense, you might find a, or a comedian who constructs a joke that's actually good that you could laugh at. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where it comes in. Like, there's no off topic. It just has to be done well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, you have to think about your approach. Yeah. You can't just blindly just bulldoze your way through and be like, Asians have small dicks. <laughs> Mexicans pull berries, pick berries. You know, it's just like take that, take that sentiment or that uh, uh, what's it called, uh, stereotype or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And flip it and manipulate it and play with it a little bit. Don't just say Mexicans pick berries. Okay, we all have heard that stereotype. Now let's make a joke out of that. That kind of blindsides you and makes you mm-hmm. think about it differently. Sure, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, get I don't know. That's all I had for. That's all you have for the whole episode? No, I was going to tell you again about how I was a soft old man and about how Jen told me that story about that kid in foster care. Uh, yeah, you said you cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cried. Just I'm sensitive, dude. Why are you so sensitive, I dude? don't know. I'm about to walk out of comedy shows. I'm so sensitive. So what happened was is Jen read a story about a kid who was in a foster care home for like early early years of his life and then got reunified with his parents and then when he was like older like 25 years later came found that family came back and just thanked her for providing a home that was just like the only place that he ever felt like it was a a, a good safe home mm-hmm. and i started crying i just started crying like the the sarah mclaughlin animal commercials dude <laughs> like what the f- is wrong with me yes yes dude if i cry at those commercials we're in trouble dude (laughs) we are in trouble but how old are you i'm 32 okay i'm gonna check in in four years four more years Year nine, I'm going to see if you're crying at dumb shit. Mm, no. I cry at everything, dude. I'm always getting for a clip. Like, <gasps> yeah, dude. No? Is it? You don't ever look at Wells and get choked up? 
No. What about Bo? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yeah. There's times where like I just think about Bo. <laughs> I love that dog. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm getting sensitive in my old age. I don't know what it is. I feel a little less sensitive recently, but like that just hit me. I don't know, you know, maybe because I am a foster parent and like I think I see validation in some of the work that I'm doing and it makes me feel good. But then to imagine that kid one day coming back and just being like, hey, thanks for that. Oh, I'd I'd lose it. Mm -hmm. I'd lose it. I went to the library today and picked up two books about like children's books about like explaining foster care. Okay. That's sad. But I got to do it. You know, this dude's starting to get a little more self-aware and conscious oh just like ask a question like i mean obviously, I mean, obviously you can't not. ask questions right now but, but like. i think that there's a you know there's dysregulation from visitations and stuff like that hmm. so eventually questions are going to start coming or maybe if i'm looking through these books and just saying words that maybe will then become familiar i don't know how to break this shit to children you know what I mean? Like the book is called like keeping children safe and mm. looking at foster care as a means to keep children safe. Um, pff, fucking sad, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm trying to educate myself on being a, a an effective communicator and parent mm -hmm. in this shitty situation because I don't I've never done it before like this, you know. With the other one, I've read a bunch of books and did all the training, and I'm still fucking it up. <laughs> so I don't want to fuck it up either here mm. for for this guy, but I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if you can... I mean, I don't know. I feel like you could do everything. You could prepare in all the ways yeah. you want, but then it's like, you know, a, there's a book that's written about a specific topic that sure. involves humans, Yeah. but then every human is so unique. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't even know. Like, I guess you can. But you're talking. So you can like take the theory, but in practice, but in practice, uh -huh. hey, dude, it's just, I don't even know if you can. I mean, it's good that you're trying to, it's good that you are reading about it and trying to be educated, proactive and educated. Like you had mentioned, like being educated mm -hmm. is one thing, but then I'm, I think that's all I'm trying to do is just be educated. Yeah, for sure. But I just wouldn't be like, oh, I did all this research and I still fucked it up. Like, <laughs> I don't really think that that's particularly fair to you. It is fair. I think it is fair because, and I will say this is with a, with Cheyenne as an example. So I've read these books by this TBRI trust based relational something, right? Building trust with these kids and blah 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 blah. And the books were uh, 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 the connected child and the connected parent, and I've read both of them. And I will say that when she first came home, I was very much implementing these practices that the book said. Try this. Do this. Do that. Do this. Do this. Do that. And I was getting motherfucked <laughs> in response, right? So the responsibility, though, was on me to navigate through that maturely and calmly. And that didn't happen. I reacted instead of keeping it the same it, i'm what i'm getting at is had i done the practices of the book the whole two years three years maybe it would have gone differently 
as far as relationship building and having this resistance from this team. Because then it was just like, all right, dude, well, now you're grounded or now you're this or now you're that. Instead of like literally like I remember the first time I tried it, you know, they talk about like felt safety and having like using your hand to like lift their chin up and making sure you're getting down on their level and making eye contact and all of these things. Right. And I remember she was freaking the fuck out. And then I get down and I'm like, I grab her chin. I'm like, hey, man, relax. There's and then it was like. It was like wizardry, dude. Sorcery. Like, it just immediately was just like calmed her down. And then it was like we could work through it. But then there'd be times where I'd be like, you just need to get away from me. I cannot stand you screaming at me. And it's like, that isn't what the book said to do. Obviously, I can't do it right every time. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I think that in this information and in, the, in these guidelines and these examples, they're, they're there for a reason. Because they, I think that they do work. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about individuals as humans, which I think is an, a conversation about nature versus nurture. Yeah, I I just I think uh, psychologically, yeah. and physiologically, we are like ninety. I think like ninety percent. I heard this psychologist say this. Okay. We were like when we were born, we're like. 90% of our personality is already wired into our brains. How? So it's like, I feel like the role of the parent more than like, sh- like more, I think the, the parents, some, like, I think like a lot of these books are trying to tell parents that like your job is to mold this person into a good person mm-hmm. where really we should we should reframe that and instead of being a sculptor see yourself as a shepherd mm-hmm. i'm going to shepherd you mm-hmm. to being a good person sure. i want to s- understand you as learn you as a person yeah and shepherd you and how you become a better person yeah, 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 yeah and so i just have like a real hard time with this like all kids are blank slates mm-hmm. you can just drop in like yeah this particular theory mm-hmm. whether it's Montessori or whatever yeah and it's just going to have this if you this amazing <laughs> result for your particular sure your particular kid yeah yeah yeah. I'm not talking specifically about you I'm no just no I know you're generally. not yeah yeah but also it's weird because what you're saying is things that I've heard about from other parents as well saying that like oh you know I know people who have read books that said that babies have to be on this schedule and blah 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 right and then they would try that and nobody's happy everybody's miserable mm-hmm. and they're all trying this like rigid theory right yeah that has not been my experience with parenting books and maybe that is my own control Right? I'm not taking these books as gospel. Well, that's a good thing. I'm taking them as like, this could be something that could help me construct or lay out navigational buoys. <laughs> right? Because that's yeah. kind of how I view parenting is like, hey, hey, don't go too far this way and don't go too far that way and try to navigate your choices within these, these buoys. Mm-hmm. And I think regardless of where you end up you'll you're gonna you're still moving forward hopefully you don't go outside of these buoys and murder someone (laughs) it would be helpful that would be ideal please don't murder anybody but when i read these books and i was i was reading this other book uh at the library i picked up this other book about um you know like raising toddlers and stuff and it was very much 
I don't know. I feel like a lot of the books that I kind of gravitate towards are very general in teaching or theory. Like, just be supportive and, you know, just things that make sense. But I guess sometimes the reason I seek these books out is mostly for reminders for myself. Like, hey, dude, remember, like, sometimes you get lost in your emotions. You get lost in in stress and life and surgeries, <laughs> whatever it might be. And you kind of just lose track of, like, what the overall goal here, which is just to help guide. Mm-hmm. Right? So I guess – I don't know. But I hear people take the, the them as literal as what you're talking about. And I just I – can't, I can't be that person. Like, here's this mold, and I'm just going to jam you in there instead of just like, okay, I see I see what the benefits of this mold could be. I'm going to take parts of it and throw it in this this buoy trail. Does that make sense? The buoy trail. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. Okay. Because, I don't know. I'm just trying to do good, Jake! Man, that's all we can do. Um, Okay. Serial killers? <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, P-Town? But just, but just really quick. Yeah. Are you the serial killer? Uh, am I? Yes. I think I have to say no. <laughs> I am also not the serial killer. So now, now, so, so now that we've got that, mm. we've got that out of the way, we mm-hmm. can move forward. Is that how it works, you think? Like, do you think all the cops just stand around and go, is it you? Is it you? Is it you? All right. Now we know it's at least not 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> Now let's tell everybody else not to worry. What do you think about that? Because I've seen some little back backlash for that. Well, I think uh, what worked that was like the, I think that was the standard go to yeah. for all serial killer mm-hmm. like police police pre like police police city police that were dealing with a serial killer. Yeah, were the the common thing. It always felt like they told the public, "Don't worry." Yeah. But now that everybody has watched true crime podcasts, have listened to true crime podcasts, or watched every Netflix, documentary, not Netflix's documentaries, or the uh, the like the basically the uh, the cinematic recreation mm-hmm. of Ted Bundy or right. the, uh, oh, the other yeah. guys, like um, was that Zach Efron? Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody was like, "Oh, wait!" So every time you have in the past, police have told the public to don't panic. Yeah, that is literally led to more murders because people aren't being cautious so i get the backlash and i yeah. think it's stupid for yeah. police to i get what they're trying to do they don't want to create mass panic uh but they also because people overreact dude what is an overreaction to a serial killer being out there i think you're gonna you're gonna get people everybody carrying guns and all sorts of other random shit oh okay Vigilantes being, being super like Sleuths. being super yeah itchy <laughs> being just super itchy on trigger fingers mm. just being like super like uh I just imagine anarchy right Every, I can't, everybody I don't think it's going every, there. everybody not trusting each other yeah like stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah I feel like that is what they're afraid of happening and I could definitely seeing it get to that if it seems to continue and there's no progress being made towards yeah. stopping it um. But uh, I, I, I just uh, I get what they're trying to do. I, yeah. just, I think you got to tell. I think you got to trust the public to at least be smart enough not to go completely insane. And like, hey, like we don't know if there's a we can't say for certain mm-hmm. that there is a serial killer, but there's been a lot of murder lately. Maybe you should 
you know, take some extra precautions. Don't go walking out alone at night if yeah. you're a woman. Well, even so, I watched this documentary on uh, Son of Sam murders in the 70s in New York, right? And it was always the same style of murder a couple sitting in a car shot. Mm-hmm. So, such a weird MO. It is a weird MO, but it continuously happened. Mm-hmm. So, instead of saying nothing to see here, sp- explicitly say, do not be a couple in a car out at 2 a.m. or midnight or the, the dark. I mean, but that's hard when you're a young couple and you just want to. Your DTF? Yeah. <laughs> and you can't because you live with your parents. Yeah. I mean, that is got. That's I'm, the whole time I kept thinking, I'm like, these horny ass kids <laughs> just like are risking death to, to fondle. Well, they don't think it's going to happen. Base, they, second don't think, base. they don't think it's going to happen to them. <laughs> Dude, but that's what I'm saying. Like, in this case, maybe, yeah, exactly. Just say, like, hey, maybe just don't go out solo. Mm-hmm. Or, but, I mean, I don't I don't know enough about these cases, and I tried to do a little bit of research beforehand, but the Portland, this Portland, these Portland deaths, Portland area deaths are kind of being assumed to be a serial killer. And what people are interpreting as evidence is the police not saying much of anything and i said this to you the other day with the first death that the the first body that they found they really they they came out and said this is how you know she was killed and this is where we found her they kind of just divulged all this information well now they're just like well we're not going to divulge any of the information on these other bodies and there's i guess there's toxicology reports now if it's fentanyl, those reports are being released. But they're not being released. So everybody's like, what's... If you're not saying anything, then it makes us kind of feel like they're all connected somehow. But somebody also was saying that that's the MO of the FBI, and they're going to tell everybody to say nothing. Mm-hmm. So... Well, I get I get not saying anything about yeah. the cases. Yeah, yeah, Because the more that's out there, the more... The more the, what? The potential perpetrator... Yeah like knows what they have and, oh, and, yeah, and yeah. i think it limits the it could either scare them into underground going to dormant for a while mm. like i i i understand it yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, uh, let's i will ch- the fbi has fucked some shit up yeah no no they're the best chance we have yeah. against someone who lives way out who colors way outside those lines and yeah takes his boat way outside yeah. the navigational buoy yeah. so to speak so understanding how those waters operate <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean it's uh, it's a little scary it's a little scary time it's uh, uh i mean it it makes sense uh-huh. because oftentimes not every serial killer has always has made women their their uh their target right there's uh, there's different different serial killers have had different people that they target mm-hmm. but generally like i would say the vast majority of serial killers pick women mm-hmm. and especially now more than ever the fastest way to get caught as a, i feel like as a as a killer mm-hmm. is Murder America's girls. Don't pick on college blonde girls. Mm, That's how they find you. Yeah, super quickly. Yeah, the guy in Idaho. Yes, they had that fucker like within Quick. a day. Yeah, they let him like be free longer. Yeah, they could have had him like the they next, were tracking him the next day. Yeah, 
you're picking unfortunately mm-hmm. i'm not trying to make light of this it's um, it's it's actually really sad yeah but if you pick on i don't know the the i don't know the demographic specifically well i don't know about demographic necessarily but they are definitely uh it seems lo- uh socio economic l- socio economic <laughs> for portland yeah pretty low yeah vulnerable pots of vulnerable yeah. population yeah. especially for women yeah uh, I think the first body they found was a woman who was homeless. Yeah. yeah. People aren't going to know. One, they will put, beca- out of necessity, they will put themselves into risky situations, mm, which yeah. make them easier to target. Yes. For either getting drugs or prostitution. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, like, the necessity of how they, of to survive mm-hmm. necessitates them putting, mm, getting, putting themselves yeah, into yeah, yeah. where little, you know, Losers of men mm-hmm. can take advantage of. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Um, How do we so know it's a man? Isn't it always? It's always a man. <laughs> it's always a man. I feel, I feel like that's not a sexist remark. Yeah, I, I know. I saw one guy say, "We know one thing for sure: he's between the age of thirty-five and fifty, or something like that." He's and, a, and, a white male and, between the ages of thirty-five and fifty. Yes, there are uh, outliers, yeah. but it, that is majority. I was like, "Holy shit! Days. I'm thirty-six, dude. I'm like." prime serial killer age that's i mean that's one of the reasons why i had to ask <laughs> yeah i didn't know that i was like oh my god what have i become an emotional serial killer man yeah it just seemed doesn't seem weird it felt like it felt like uh the same loser mentality the beta like the like the beta male type that commit mur- mass murder whether it's serial killing mm-hmm. or doing all of their killing in one big mm-hmm. event right because I think they're this, just two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it, that had shifted to mass shootings, mm-hmm. so it feels almost like the like the. It almost feels like we were living. To me, it just it feels like something is getting dredged up from the past mm. with this particular uh, method. Method. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like we've had to deal with it much. Sure. Or we just don't ever know about it because most of the time, if. If it's mostly if it's just mostly transient people who are being targeted, those people could disappear, and we would never. If you didn't find their body, you would never know. Yeah, well, that's what these some of these internet sleuths are saying is that these bodies are placed intentionally Mm. to be found, which is always the weirdest thing to me. That that it's their way of getting attention, right? But that's the same same objective with these mass shooters as well is to get attention, yeah, and to be seen, yeah, because they're losers, yeah, yeah. Dang. Well, we'll see. I mean, it'd be wild if it find if we find out that that's what it was in our time, in our age. Because yeah, it does feel like uh, uh, um, antiquated, right? Mm-hmm. Like we, antiquated is a perfect word. Everybody's that, yeah. shifted towards mass shooting. That's what they do when they're little incels and and insecure losers. But now for someone to take this old method of like t- sickness and do that, it's like holy shit. But, yeah, I also think a lot of times, like, how much is there that we don't know mm-hmm. that has been stopped or intended or, you know, I don't know. You and I had a conversation a little bit uh, yesterday. Yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. yeah. About perceived uh, uh, safety. Uh, yeah. And you were talking about, you know, some of the things that CJ brought up. And, like, that's been f- – that that fucked me up, dude. Because, <laughs> like – 
And I'm I'm not safe. We are not safe ever. We are only safe because we just abide by social norms and rules. And we assume that everybody else around us is abiding by those same social rules and norms. And generally they do. 99.9% of people do. But you can see what one the devastation that one person can do. Yeah. Just scary as fuck. By simply not following a rule. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, this is a gun-free zone. That's a very, uh, what's it called, controversial, like, sure. sign mm-hmm. or, yeah. or, or saying, right? But for the most part, people go, oh, shit. I can't bring my gun to the school. Like, it's a gun-free zone. <laughs> but one person <laughs> says, fuck that, and kills dozens of children. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's it's scary. Just this perception of safety that does it. it it's just fake. It's a perception. I'm telling you, you fucked me up. I like woke up at four in the morning today. No, but I think we are <laughs> safe because if we lacked society, if we that ninety nine percent yeah becomes dramatically more like dramatically less uh-huh. if we don't have a society with a rules based system. If we devolved in the anarchy tomorrow, yeah. that ninety nine point nine percent flips on its head. Sure, but is it the consequences of the rules or the rules? It has to be the consequences that keep the order. For the most part, yes. Because I don't, I, be. I do not think most people have more than a maybe a small ounce of true. Uh, why can't I think of the term? Um. Like, what's the term of uh, when you're just like you do something just because of the good altruism? Altruism. Yeah. I don't think there is a really I don't think most people have more than maybe a small shred of true altruism. (laughs) Everything like really everything can everything is self-interest. Yeah. 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 Sometimes your self-interest might be to be seen as good. So that's why you do certain things. And I think you can be altruistic towards the people you care about. Mm -hmm. But to be actually altruistic to like as a to to the, society to the society yeah nah, fuck that there's no there, no <laughs> I love it that's the basis of capitalism is self interest yeah we we all can we can all rest that's easy. why it, it's we can all it's so damn we long. can all rest easy knowing that there will be food at the grocery store mm-hmm. not because of the altruism of the baker the brewer or mm-hmm. the butcher yes. But because of their own self-interest. Yes, I just quoted Adam Smith. Yes. The businesses' self-interest? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. They know to make profit, we must have food. Yes. So they carry food. They're not feeding us because they give a shit about yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they do have those little like vegetable trays that you can just grab a banana and feed your kids while you're shopping. Fred Myers does that. Like the, the little piece of a banana? Yeah. No, no, no. Like They'll have like banana, like a little shelf with app like fruit on it and it's i think those are for sale no they say take for your kids while you shop and they can eat them come on dude (laughs) that's self-interest because that that is you could you could view that in the in the lens of (laughs) self-interest because safeway i don't think safeway does that right no that's a way of separating yourself from incentivizing yes the shoppers and to choose them over their competitors right right because to survive in a competitive environment, mm-hmm. you have to make yourself more attractive. It's peacocking. Mm. That's why I recorded last week with my shirt off. Yes, exactly. You were peacocking. <laughs> I'm trying to be uh, sexy for a living. <laughs> <laughs> Professionally hot. Is Professionally what like, hot. What like That's right. That's right. Yeah, dude. I don't know. You fucked me up with that because we ain't safe. 
We ain't safe. We we're, we're yes, we are safe because you forgot about the other thing I said, oh, what which did you is say? that the vast majority of us uh-huh. will never encounter one of those small portions of people who decide that they the navigational buoys are not for them. Mm. Because if you think about it, the total population, the total amount of deaths yeah. due to all amounts of terror uh serial killing mass shooting it's a tiny tiny mm-hmm. portion of the population but how easy would it be to go into someone's house and take all their shit but there's oh yeah for sure you could oh it'd be easy dude if you only did it once that's why you could rob a bank and mm-hmm. get away with it yeah i know somebody because there is not enough care yeah to catch you for robbing one bank. I know somebody who robbed their own employer and stole 16 grand and got away with it. Was it a small business? Uh I'll tell I'll tell you what kind of business it was How later. much of a how much does a 6 okay, just if you can answer this. Yeah. How much is a 16k hit the difference between them possibly going out of business? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Then they don't then they don't care enough. Who doesn't care enough? The business? The business. If you've done it repeatedly, yes. Oh, yeah, but yeah. But if you do, you can get away with doing almost anything once. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, even with, like, uh, corporate criminals, mm-hmm. they get too greedy. Just get away with it once, dude. But it's that thrill. It's the I got away with it. I'm sure that applies with serial killers. Well, and you want more. Yeah. You want enough to buy that second expensive car. Oh. Or that other house yeah other vacation home. cocaine cowboys in miami dude sure For sure dang nope i'm not safe dude but if i could rob a house i could rob it that but that's what i think about it. like someone could just come and kick my fucking door in they could do it at any time but then you drive by all these houses like when i'm driving to to the transit center at six in the morning and i'm seeing all these houses in the dark and i'm like people are just sleeping in there peacefully so why don't you bust down, bust down their door then? I don't know. And like take a cookie or something. I don't because I live in Washington. I don't want to get shot for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. This perception of safety is like, yes, I didn't think I didn't mention the other part that you said. Doesn't mean I'm less terrified now sure. that you've said it. Yeah, I mean, you poisoned the well. The, the initial point that that uh, CJ made was yeah. that like when the uh when the january 6th riot happened in 2021 and they fl- and yeah. trump supporters flooded um flooded the capitol and tried to disrupt and did disrupt the mm-hmm. transfer of peaceful transfer of power for the first time in our country's history mm-hmm. the um i i just i want to pause for a second before yeah. i continue on my point yeah how i think we lose sight of how monumental that is. Yeah, that sounded way too fucking casual when you said it, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying that that is what happened. We can't say that we're a country who's always had a peaceful transfer of power because we haven't. I think it's because you added that element in that sentence. Anytime we talk about this, any other time we talk about these Trump supporters storming the Capitol, right? But it was with what intention that when you mentioned it right there... It, it literally it sparked me again, and I said, "That's fucked up." Like it was to disrupt a peaceful transfer transfer of power. Mm-hmm. It's when you add that caveat to that, 
It's like, dude, it's worse. It is worse than we like. We're just casually talking about. Remember what they did on January sixth? There's a whole investigation. Yeah, we remember. But do you remember that it was to disrupt a peaceful transfer of power? That sucks. But how many of us would think? Yeah. Like I have been to the Capitol. Okay. I have oh, stood. Rub it in. <laughs> I I have stood <laughs> tell in us, tell us in the glory <laughs> yes. of the Capitol building. Amen, brother. And there is never I nothing would have occurred to me that it would I would have ever thought that that building could be taken by a bunch of dudes who like a bunch of dudes who just like uh, just sweats a, a swarm of <laughs> a swarm of guys who like just got could have just literally walked out of a Walmart. Yeah. Carl's Jr. in a Walmart. <laughs> and aren't those always right next to each other? Yes, always. I'm thinking there's one in, there's a, a Walmart. Hazeldale? Hazeldale, yep. yeah, the Carl's Jr. Walmart <laughs> combo right there. Um, the, uh, uh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, but, uh, man, Peaceful I. transfer it, power, it just storm in the Capitol. Just would have never thought, like, per the, and then so CJ's point yeah. was that it was perceived perceived capability versus actual capability mm-hmm. we perceive something as being a hard target because of its gravity okay. we think that it's impossible to do that right. really it's not they don't staff it enough to actually stop we found that out yeah yeah, yeah they yeah. don't staff it enough to actually stop an attack yeah they just assume that nobody's going to actually attack it mm. so they rely on people's pr- on to protect, actually protect our hard targets, they really, truly just rely on people's perception that it is impossible to take. Like, yeah, you can't do this. Yes, you can. Well, you can, but there's going to be ramifications. For all of sure. them are winding up in jail, and they're yeah. finding out that, hey, maybe you shouldn't have listened to the orange man when he told you he was going to have your back. Yeah. But uh, he told you to stand back and stand by. Also, how fucking crazy is that shit? He was on a presidential debate stage mm-hmm. oh yes and talking about a terrorist organ like a domestic terrorist organization mm-hmm. whose leader has now been in prison for conspiracy to commit like on conspiracy charges mm-hmm. for conspiracy to commit crimes against the united states yeah told that same organization not to stand down but to stand by and stand ready. It was like sta- stand. It's like stand back and stand ready, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Exactly the exact words. But stand ready was part of the the two actions he said. To yeah, take. yeah, yeah. On a debate stage. On a debate stage. National audience. I, and then those same people tried to stop the peaceful trans and did disrupt mm-hmm. the peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. There's no equivalent. But, okay, but that's the difference there, then, is is this perception of, like, hey, you can't do that. And then when you have the president of the United States saying, yes, you can, and I have your back. So they did it. Mm -hmm. Well, it just shows that the – I think all of this is important to point out that the – how important norms are. Mm. Because of how much they govern the other ninety nine point nine percent of us that do follow rules, because yeah. 
we follow rules, that is what we do. Mm, we're, we're sheep, hu- dude. We're, when we're humans in we're a sheeple. So- when we're humans in a society, we are all better off to live under the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been advocating for anarchy since I was like 13, dude. Just ready to go tear down. And may I need to remind you... <laughs> Why you don't want to live in anarchy? Yes, the garbage. We Have all you ever know about been the to garbage. the dump? Yes. Who else picks up your shit? My oh. wife. <laughs> Who else is going to come kidding. pick up your? Think about that. <laughs> okay. Think about how oh, great. God, here we go. I shouldn't of... have said it. <laughs> think about how great it is that we live in a society at, in the time that we live in. Yeah. That you can gather up all of your garbage, mm-hmm. put it in a can. Shit you don't need, you don't want, you just put it out. Get needed out. Put it out on the curb, mm-hmm. and someone comes by and they pick it up for you. And you never see it again. And you never. You see don't it know again. where it goes. It just gets dumped in some third world country, but mm. the uh, and they have to deal with it. Mm. But that what's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Um. One man's trash <laughs> is another man's trash. <laughs> We're just destroying our planet, but hey, we don't have to see it. Where do you get? Where do you get off? <laughs> uh, but yeah, in end that rate is controlled at yeah. a fixed rate because of government. Yeah, USA, USA. Reverse back to 1600s France, and literally even the aristocracy are shitting in a bucket and tossing it out their roof, mm. out their window. Yeah. Onto the poor people below them. Everybody just walked in shit. Mm-hmm. We As I would start live 99. in a society that sewage is a flat rate of about 40 bucks per month, mm-hmm. if that, and you get to sit on a nice porcelain thing and go flush out of sight, out of mind. Mm. That is made possible because of public investment by your government to have a functioning sewage system. Holy shit. I'm just going to have to install the soapbox. If you ever think (laughs) that anarchy is preferable to society, Mm -hmm. look at your toilet and look at your trash can and think differently. Thank your toilet and trash, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. That's why you pay tax. I know. I know. Stop it. I knew you were going with the garbage. Anyways, we ain't safe, so we're all going to die. Did you have anything? Um, <laughs> I don't know. How, what time are we at? Don't worry about it. Tell me what you got. Well, I don't know. Let me think about it. This thing here. All right. Think about that thing right there. If you had one question for me, you could ask me one question. What mm-hmm. question would it be? Is there something that you've never told me that you thought like I would be very embarrassed if Je- if I told Jeff that about that? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty open. I know book. you are. I know you are. And and this is and, and even if there was, I don't know if you, this is the space you want to <laughs> say that on. I mean, you told me about you shitting on the side of the road, so. Not that I care or judged you in any way, but if mm-hmm. I mean that's pretty that's pretty high up there, dude. Um, but rot gut, dude. That's a that's a real man's real man's problem. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing I haven't told you that I would be embarrassed to n- for you to know about yeah. me. Oh gosh. Okay. Um. <laughs> let me think here. Why did you have a question for me? No. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So just so I'm thinking, okay. I can think and then still ask you the same question. Okay. 
is there mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. I okay. Um, who do you like better? Okay, Dexter or Logan? Logan. Really? Yeah. You answered that quick. I know. Maybe it's recency bias. I take it back. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's recency bias, but also I will say this that like I feel Logan because Logan is like he's my boy. That's my dog. Mm-hmm. Like Dexter was very much Jen's dog. And I always felt like I guess we can I guess I'll cuddle you while she's not here. You know, I was I was in college while he was alive, right? And she worked full time, and I was a I worked part time and f- part and full part time full time student. So I was at home a lot, working away on my homework and shit. And he would always just chill with me. As soon as she got home, it was like peace, bitch. Like he he liked me, but mm-hmm. he didn't love me. Yeah, Logan loves me. Mm-hmm. He's my boy. That's my dog. So that's why I say Logan so quickly. Doesn't mean I don't love Dexter. Doesn't yeah. mean I don't love Dexter. But I think that Logan is like. My boy. Losing Dexter was devastating. Was devastating because of how much comfort he brought us in some fucked up times. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Life's life's okay now and life's good now. And watching Logan be my buddy and then also with our foster son, those two are you know, I've been reading through my Calvin and Hobbes um mm-hmm. collection. Sure. And, you know, Calvin has a stuffed tiger who he imagines as being animated and real and they have this friendship and they get in all these adventures and I look at my foster son and with Logan and sometimes I just watch those two and I just I see Calvin and Hobbes like just in their relationship just being like they're buds dude and that brings me so much joy watching this little kid this little boy just with his dog that's his doggy and I'm just like that's fucking adorable I'm going to get shot for saying that. But it's true. Mm. Logan's my dog. So I actually have a follow-up question. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. About Pomeranians. Okay. Because um, there is a ex-co-worker of Kylie's. Okay. Who has a kid. I think he's like a year and a half, maybe mm-hmm. two, about the same age as <laughs> Another on the way. Thanks. I have to cut that now. Oh. <laughs> That's okay. My bad. You did it last week. I know. Um, about the same age as your foster child. Yeah. And the Pomeranian, yeah. is a, this particular Pomeranian that the woman owns, mm-hmm. is 11 years old. The, that's too old. I would imagine so, because yeah. they generally don't live that long. No, they can live to be like 15. Oh, they can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't but know is there contention? There is contention. It's because the palm's old. Okay. Is it because the Pomeranian is so attached yes. to the mom, mom. Yes. that there I is... already know wh- where okay. you were going. Yep. All right, because the, the, <laughs> the mom is like having real, real issues with the Pomeranian mm. and is now at the point of saying, basically, we want to rehome the 11-year-old <gasps> Pomeranian, which I find to be an un- unacceptable solution. And I was like, Kylie, if this person says she's rehoming her dog... Because she won't spend time with it to help alleviate some of that tension, you have to call this person out and just call her an absolute piece of shit. You can't rehome your eleven-year-old dog. That's the official official message. Is say what you mean. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Yeah, dude. No, no. That's mm-hmm. lazy and that's irresponsible. Absolutely. There are ways for you know those do- all dogs are intuitive right mm-hmm. they can sense even pregnancies and shit you foster that from day one 
But for some reason, this dog is feeling me or them. And that's the that is the result of an irresponsible owner. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if this is. I shouldn't say that, but just from what you've told me, fuck that, mm-hmm. fuck that. Yeah. For for the foster son, this our dogs have been such a good teaching tool of empathy and care for even just a one uh, eighteen month old. Right. Mm-hmm. It's 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 hey, if you can't use your soft hands, then you need to go do something else. Right. Yeah. And. He cries for a second and then he moves on. Mm-hmm. But then he wants to come back and try again. Let me try soft hands because he loves dogs. He, Jake, he loves dogs. He, I so many times I'll just look over and he's just like Harrison's laying on like that poof pillow and he's just mm. just closing his eyes, holding the dog. That's amazing. What mm-hmm. in the human mind of an eighteen-month-old is 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 encouraging or inspiring him? To hug, hug and show affection to an animal like that—that's an, uh, it's amazing, yeah. and I adore it. Well, he's probably seen you guys do it. Probably uh, not to Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> I love that old man. I'm just talking shit, but I—I I mean, he does it with Logan too. Mm. But that—that that bums me out. Yeah. But I know it's because it's an older dog. But you got to think. <laughs> You got a fucking dog. You got a responsibility. You got to get out there and you find that fucking dog. You know who that is from? No. Billy Madison. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miss yeah, Lippy, yeah. the puppy who's lost his way. <laughs> we just watched that. But it's. I, when I got Palm, when I got a Pomeranian, when we had Dexter, I bought a Pomeranian book. Mm. I'm just a nerd, dude. What a fucking nerd. But that's things I read about is just the connection in the in the in the protective yeah. nature or knowing about the breed is important. Yeah. Locking to one person and what that might look like if there's others introduced into the home. Mm-hmm. Dude, that bums me out. Yeah. I mean, it just sucks because she's she's just like she posts all this stuff on Facebook. Oh. about like the journey of like how her dog just keeps getting worse and worse. She's like the dog won't play with my kid. And like. Dude, it's an 11-year-old dog that doesn't want to play with your kid. No, it doesn't. Like, don't put the dog in a position and the kid in a position where they're going to have tension. Just yeah. separate them. Yeah. And spend some time with your damn dog. Yeah. It's not that hard. Dedicate time for the dog. Mm-hmm. I don't couldn't give I couldn't, it away. I couldn't imagine. Like, Tucker and Bo are... They're either borderline, like, get the F away from me or just completely... Uh, not in any aggressive manner, right, 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 but right. they're just like, they could give a shit less about Wells. <laughs> like to him, he doesn't, to them, they, he doesn't really even exist. Yeah. And that's fine. Right. I don't need them to be best friends. Right. But Tucker and Bo still get plenty of play yard time. Yeah. Bo and I go on, still go on adventures, yeah. like all of that stuff. Like you make time for your dogs. Your dogs <sighs> are not house ornaments. I don't understand. Mm. I don't understand the people who get dogs because they feel like they're how like oh I have a house now I have to get a dog because that's what you do yeah no dude, checking a, boxes a dog is a investment into a into a living being that yeah. we bred for it we bred them to care about us and then mm-hmm. you don't sh- reshow that same level of gratitude just don't get a dog nobody forces you to get a dog yeah I mean like even with Dexter and losing Dexter it completely changed my approach to being a dog owner like we did everything to make him comfortable and to make his life at the end 
the best that it could be because he did that for us. But I was like, dude, if I ever get another dog, like I'm going to do, I'm going to go above and beyond. Like, and I, I, even it changed the way that we, we cared for Harrison. It just changed everything about how we cared for a dog. Mm -hmm. But now looking in the future, I'm like, you know what? Like maybe after these two, I'll take a break because you know, it breaks my heart going on a vacation and like saying like, Hey, uh, Deanne, can you take the dogs for the weekend? Mm Mm-hmm. Because a uh, an infant, a teenager, and all our shit <laughs> with two dogs—it's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. So, but and but at least when they go there, they can go out and they can run and they can play on the prop uh, in the dog run in with her, and she's great with the pups and stuff. But there's guilt there now, mm-hmm. where I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to do that. So I know in the future that maybe we we either have one dog or we have no dogs, so that we can travel and not feel guilty about it. Which is, I guess that's how it should be. Mm, yeah. <laughs> It's not a crazy Ooh, statement. That bums me out. That poor puppy. Especially, don't tell me it's a palm. What are you? Stop. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. Poor puppy. All right, I got my story. Okay. Uh oh. Did I have I told you about um my attempt to to get a U.S. gymnast? to go on a date with me in high school no i've never told you the story what was his name (laughs) (laughs) uh paul ham okay that was actually the name of a u.s gymnast there was the ham twins they're both redhead redhead knows that stuff i dimitri can vouch for me okay we had this conversation watching uh when we were gaming i think you had i think you had stepped away for a bit Uh it was just him and i oh god we're talking about how um how much him and I both love watching the gymnast, gymnast, like random gymnastics during, or just random sports during the Olympics. Okay, and becoming super invested in random ones. In random that ones period. during that period, yeah. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, I got really into the Beijing Olympics in okay. 2008. Wait, are you trying to? Were you trying to swoon like a a, a U.S. Olympian? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had convinced myself uh-huh. in 2008 mm-hmm. that Nastia Lukin, who uh-huh. was the all-around women's gold champion, American gymnast, oh, boy. Um, that if I somehow was able to get her attention... You just need the opportunity. Just needed the opportunity. And it's locked in. <laughs> so after <laughs> after the Olympics okay. are done, uh, all of the, the top U.S. gymnasts went on this like stadium tour where they did like gymnastics to music and different stuff uh-huh. and they came to the moto center i bought like floor oh front row tickets to the i gymnastics don't even know you national, i don't know you to the gymnastics <laughs> national tour yes <laughs> because i wanted to be noticed mm-hmm. by nastia lucan yeah yeah were you doing that tiktok thing kids do now <laughs> The, the licking of the lips. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I was the no. super awkward guy because I brought my friend Kyle Jorgensen. You accidentally wore your sell the team shirt? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had this friend who was a year older than me. His okay. name was Kyle Jorgensen. He was uh-huh. like maybe 5'5". Five five. He was a super short dude. 
That's um, a good move, dude. That's an alpha move right there. <laughs> he was going to ask Sean Johnson, who was the, one of the other U.S. Olympians. We, him and I heard, we were going to ask them both. Our plan was to afterwards go back to where the buses okay. are and try to get them to talk to us. Mm-hmm. It was I was super frustrated because we were like, all right, we got to have a vehicle. I couldn't get my mom's car for the day, okay. which was a uh, 2007 Chrysler uh, Concorde okay. sedan. Yeah. And um, so he he brought his dad's truck, mm-hmm. but when he picked me up, it was still his dad like worked construction, mm-hmm. and it was still all full in the back of his dad's dirty work clothes. Where are they and gonna sit? Care. That's what I was saying. <laughs> I was like, dude, where are they gonna sit? I was legitimately pissed because I was like, dude, if we pull this off, where how are we driving them? Dude, laps, man. <laughs> Sitting on those laps. Genius. So we get He's actually a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Guess you gotta sit so, on our laps. So we sit, we get there, we sit, we watch the whole thing. Oh my god. This was before uh and I missed um this was my senior year. I missed our um no our football game, like our homecoming football game yeah. to do this. Okay. My best friend at the time shoot your shot, baby. Asked the girl that I was sort of talking to at that time mm-hmm. to prom. Oh, yeah. This while before, you were gone, this is before I met Kylie. Yeah, this is why okay. I would I imagine. Was, I mean, I was trying to woo Nasia Lucan, so I guess at the time I didn't really care. Yeah, dude, cut your losses. <laughs> Go ahead and have her. Do you know I'm what I'm about to gold, do? I'm going for a gold medalist. <laughs> Um, and so we oh sat, so we sat there and we watched the whole thing and yeah. I was trying to get, and it was really lame. And then realization sort of started creeping in as the night went along okay. that this idea is not going to happen. <sighs> I'm an idiot. Okay. And we're like, do we go? And then, so Kyle and I, after we were, it was done, we looked at each other and we're like, do you want to try to go back to the buses? What was the the sh- what deflated the balloon? There had to we be just, something. We just, I feel like we just realized <laughs> how I, we just had that moment of realization as we were trying to figure out how to get back to the buses. Mm-hmm. And I think we were just like, I think we just both looked at. I, if I can remember this right, we just yeah. both kind of looked at each other and we're like, "This isn't going to work, is it?" And we're like, and then we just really, we didn't even talk the whole way home. We just both got back in his dad's truck and cried. We just drove, uh, (laughs) drove home. He dropped me off. He went back to his house in Camas and we never talked about it again. Never talked about it. Him and I didn't talk about it again. Kylie knows about it. Well, I would imagine or assume. Dude. But I don't understand. What were you wearing? Oh, (laughs) Uh, just regular puka I, shells. <laughs> did I? I was a puka shell guy. Where I bet you were. When I went to Hawaii, mm-hmm. when Kylie graduated, oh, God. Kylie's dad drove us. Dude, to, I'm gonna get puka shells while I'm there. I Kylie's got to. Kylie's dad uh, <laughs> paid for Kylie and I to go to Hawaii yeah. as part of her graduation present. My mm-hmm. best friend at the time, Will. Mm-hmm. Kylie's best time with a friend, Hay- uh, her Haley, would all went with us. They both went with us. And uh, we were walking around like one of the markets in Waikiki, which Oahu is essentially, especially like Honolulu is essentially Portland palm trees. Mm -hmm. We were walking around and this, I was looking at puka shells. I'm like, I got to buy a puka shell necklace, right? You're in Hawaii. You got to be in Rome. Rome, Exactly. (laughs) 
and uh, uh, this this uh, little Asian lady who was running one of the stores, she was like, oh, you're looking for puka shells. And I was like, yes, I am. <gasps> I was like, this is what this does. Oh, my God. You reeked yeah. puka shells. Uh, yeah. That's right. way more embarrassing than the gymnast story. <laughs> really? <laughs> so she sells me these puka shells, and I was looking at these, these white puka shells. Yeah. She goes, no, 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 no. The men uh-huh. were the ones with the shark tooth. Uh, no. Shark tooth ones were five dollars more. Uh-huh. Guess which one I bought? The shark tooth. I bought the shark tooth one. It was black puka shells. Black puka shells, of course. Yeah. White tooth. White tooth. <sighs> and I wore that shit with pride for the next year, man. I was all about Hawaii the next year. I wore. I had a white puka shell necklace that I wore. Uh-huh. I had that black one with the gold with the tooth on it. That I'll is all, worse. That's worse than all the I, other story. I listened to Israel Kamakawiwa Ole all of the time. White, <laughs> white sandy beach of of Hawaii. Yeah, that was me. Your dude. background was, on your computer was in a. Yes, it was. Yeah. it was palm trees. Was yeah. it? Mm-hmm. I was all into. Have you been Hawaiian back? Col- no, I haven't. I you gotta go back. I have to go back. I want to go back so badly. Let's go back. Yeah, I mean, you're going in what a month? Yeah, twenty nine days. But who's counting? <laughs> Only 29 days. Uh, yeah, dude, go back. So you got two stories for the price of one. Yeah, the puka shell's way worse. Really? You be the judge. Listeners. All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>